It's been said that people do crazy things for love. And talk about crazy. Your true love is going to have to spend $27,393.18, according to the 2013 Christmas Price Index, to get you all of those 12 gifts of Christmas that we've been talking about, the five golden rings, the 12 drummers drumming, the 11 pipers piping, over $23,000 worth of stuff just for you. Hope you like the birds, right? And when we think about gifts like that, we think about Christmas time and giving gifts, we, we know that there are some gifts that we get and we think, that was a nice gift. And then there's some gifts that we get and we think, it's the thought that counts. Did you get a few of those? Yeah, every year we get some of those. Every year also, I think, we have the opportunity as the church to consider just how meaningful Christmas is for us. Because you know this, the world around us has already begun to move on. Right? They're looking forward to New Year's or they're getting ready for the next holiday. But as a church, we have the 12 days of Christmas to reflect and to thank God. Not just for the Christ child, but for the presence of God in our lives. We have this time in the church to be able to focus our minds on the manger that we talk about and that we see so much leading up to Christmas. But as we look and look and look into the manger, we realize that we don't always see that little baby meek and mild. Rather, what we begin to see as we focus more on the purpose of Emmanuel, as we think more about what God was trying to do for us, we see not just a baby, but we see a cross. We realize that in the Christmas story, God is preparing us to see something about Jesus that will become most meaningful for us. I know some people think, oh, come on, John, it ain't Easter yet. We ain't talking about Black Friday. We want to talk about the holiday cheer and all that other kind of stuff. But you got to remember, keep reading the Christmas story as the wise men have come to visit the Holy Family, they leave. Remember what the very next thing that happens is? Joseph is told in a dream, you better get out of here. Because Herod knows. And he's not all happy. Because that part of the Christmas story that sometimes we tend to forget for good reason it's that part that reminds us that Joseph and Mary and young Jesus had to flee to Egypt because now there is a desire to have Jesus taken care of. And to make sure that that happens, Herod sends out a decree, if you remember, that all children under a certain age should be put to death. There's nothing jolly or joyous about that. But it's our story. And in some ways, I suppose it is a fitting story because 
what we realize and what Hebrews, I think, is trying to remind us is that God saw that it was fitting. That the perfecter, the pioneer of our salvation should suffer. And ever since he was that small, he's had the threat of suffering. That baby would grow up on the run. He'd grow up to be that one that we know this happened to. And as we think about this, I think we can recall and we can understand that Christ understood suffering. It wasn't just something that we look back on later and think, yeah, Jesus loves you, this I know, but Jesus understands us because all the pain that we know about this world, Christ knows it as well. See, it's a meaningful part of the Christmas story that we have to remind ourselves of because it's a reality of life. There's no perfect Christmas image in Matthew or or Luke. In fact, again, after those three wise men come, reality sets in. And now we're on the run. The reality of the suffering, the reality of the brutality, the reality of the evil of the world is is upon the Holy Family. Now they have to learn to live with. I think that's something we understand as well. That there is plenty of this life that we want to be holly and jolly, that we want to so much to be merry. And indeed, there are good things, joyful in this world, but there is hurt as well. There is pain and there is suffering. And somewhere along the line, the church thought, you know what, oh, man, we need to keep that stuff on the outside and, and I'll pray for you. But when we come here, this has to be a place get all nice and pretty, and we talk only about the good things. But friends, the reality of life is that there's a lot more out there than just the good things. But God saw that it was fair. Because God knew what we would have to endure. God knew kinds of things that we would have to endure, that we would have to face. God knew of our pain. God knew of circumstances. God knew of illness. God knew of betrayal. God knew of everything. Evil. And for some reason, this was God's answer. And as we focus on the life of Christ, we remember that in that stable was given to us life. Because Hebrews seems to understand that quite often we have this fear of death. We have this fear of this world. And while we don't always name it that way, if you look at the way we live our lives, if you look at the things we, 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 we dedicate ourselves to, quite often they stem out of a fear of death. But God came to show us that there is nothing to fear. That even in our sufferings, that even in our heartaches, even in the evilness of the world that we may find ourselves in, there can be 
And I know that kind of sounds like something we're supposed to talk about at Easter. But friends, that is our faith. That in that manger is life. That in the Christ child we see God in the flesh. A God that understands our suffering, that understands our doubts, that knows everything hurtful about this world. And it said, I can take it. And I'm here to help. Friends, that is God's presence for us. Joy to the world, my favorite Christmas hymn, most meaningful for me. The way that joy has come for us is in the form of help. To help us see that the trappings and that the hurt of this world is not the final story. That there is life to be had. And we can have it in the name of the one who was given to us. And that, friends, makes for a very Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Most holy God, we are grateful that you understand us. And we are thankful that you have promised to be our help. Forgive us, God, when we have let our fears and our own desires dictate how we live. But God, as you have promised, also free us by your salvation. Free us, God, to live lives that look like yours. Free us from our fear and give us a trust in you that brings life in all of its abundance to us. In Jesus' name.